You're listening to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Podcast, where every run is a trail party. I'm your host, Kim Levinsky, and today's episode is a recording from our Facebook Live interview series on Thursday, October 21st, 2021. We sat down with the ultra-running legend Matt Klein, who just completed the Triple Crown at 200s. That's three 200-mile races in three months. So sit back and relax, or go out and hit the trails, and enjoy the show. Oh, and we do want to mention that the audio quality of this recording isn't stellar because we're outside recording live, and we are sending out a very squatchy apology for that, so you might need to crank up your volume for this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Run Venture, not Zoom series. This is our Facebook Live Instagram series. We are live at the stadium here, live from uh, Livingston, New Jersey, with the legend, Matt Klein himself. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) We're not going to do any Sasquatch announcements. If you tuned in last night, we had an interview with uh, Trisha Ignatowski. We went through all the Sasquatch events. If you want to know what's going on, just go on to sasquatchtrailrunning.com or our social media. Facebook is Sasquatch Trail Running, which you're on right now. Instagram, Sasquatch Trail Runners. All right, so let's set the stage. First, every, every time we have a guest on, we like to do just a brief running story my running story um i saw my sister-in-law jen run the new york marathon in 2004 i was on the streets in brooklyn i was probably having a couple too many pops at the time um and i just saw walks of life running by and a little kernel you know popped in my head that seat kind of bounced around for a while you know it looked amazing did i have what it took to get that done I didn't think so. I had no self-confidence, no ability. Um, but two years later, I got in on the lottery. I, I applied. I got in on the lottery, thank God. And um, started training four months out. You know, every weekend was personal best. I loved that. I loved the planning that went into it. Um, and then come Marathon Sunday, uh, it was one of those perfect New York afternoons. The sun was golden. The temperatures were perfect. There were two spectators out there my whole family and, and circle of friends came out and um, it was just a remarkable experience um, and I gotta tell you every step of the way I doubted myself and and, uh, and my abilities but nonetheless after it was over I kind of fell into a bit of a funk um, I didn't really understand why until I figured out I missed the training I missed having something on the calendar to work towards um, signed up for another race after that. It was the New Jersey Marathon the following May, um, and I got back into training and all that sort of thing. Another great event, um, and I just, from that point on, always like to have something on the calendar um, to work towards. Also about, I would never sit on the, on, the, on the couch for Marathon Sunday in November, which is New York, so I ended up running 14 consecutive years uh, New York Marathon outside of uh, Sandy when it was canceled, and um, and a lot of other road marathons. Always afraid, always trained and watched on reservation, around the reservation on the road, never dropped in on the trails, was always afraid of the trails. Again, that doubt popping in my head. Uh, so one day I, I dropped in and it was a whole new world. Um, it was incredible. And then from there, the progression, you know, I had a lot of friends that egged me on to, to a degree. It's like, hey, you know, you did a marathon, why don't you try a 50K? did a 50k once you try a 50 mile you did a 50 mile why don't you try a 100k we know how that goes um and then my first 100 was uh east of bergen uh towpath up in uh, uh 
up uh, in New York, upstate New York, and then Vermont, um, and it just kept going from there. I did Tahoe, the Tahoe 200 in, um, in 2019 at the urging of uh, the OG Stephen Banfield. Yeah, um, tie-dye Steve! <laughs> and uh, that race, just like the New York Marathon, that race changed my life. I fell in love with Lake Tahoe. Um, I fell in love even deeper with the running community. And, and you know, it's, it's all she wrote, you know? So you, I, I like to keep challenging myself. So, um, because I like that, I like that fear, that unknown, that, that, that doubt, and I like to conquer it on a, on a fairly regular basis. Because, even now, I don't really consider myself a runner, quite honestly. You know, and I know that's that's a deeper conversation for later. But um, I firmly believe if I can do it, anybody can do it, um, wholeheartedly, hand on heart. I, I believe that. So, and I and I'll encourage anybody. To, you are a know, good encourager. <laughs> as, as we true. know, this is true. <laughs> this is true, and I didn't mention that. I should have given a little back, you know, backstory. We met each other. I don't even really know when we met. It was probably a few years ago. Um, by the way, this broadcast is brought to you. <laughs> Coca-Cola coffee. Fueled by Coca-Cola coffee. That's an average of choice. It's phenomenal. Doesn't matter what time of the day or what mile. <laughs> Surprisingly good. <laughs> Surprisingly good. Uh, thank you to our sponsor. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we met a few years ago through the trail running scene, and you are, uh, that's one way of putting it, the master encourager. Kind of just keep poking, poking, poking until... I like to say it's a gentle nudge. A gentle <laughs> nudge <laughs> slash, like, kick over the side. <laughs> but Matt was the one who twisted uh, my arm to make the jump for the 100, and then to sign up for Tahoe 200. And um, it's been, uh, you know, you guys have heard my story a few weeks ago. It's been an incredible year. Um, too early on the interview to cry. So Come on. No, 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 no. Hey, loosen it up. <laughs> so um, I owe Matt a lot, and he's uh, helped me in my running journey. So, okay. You did Tahoe 200 2019. Yep. Why? Okay, let's talk. Let's, let's, let's first explain what is the Triple Crown for folks who might have never heard of it. And then why did you want to do that? Um, so Destination Trail is the organization that puts on these 200 milers. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think it was Steve Banfield, really, that put the idea in my head. I saw that he had done it one year, and I followed his journey, and that was pretty remarkable. And I had run Vermont, the Vermont 100 five times, and I ran the Havelina 100 a bunch of times, and Beast of Burden um, twice, one of them I, I DNF'd, uh, and I DNF'd once at, at Vermont as well, and I DNF'd once at um, Havelina, that did not finish. Um, I wanted to see, just like the marathons kind of progressed, I wanted to see if I could get uh, a 200 done. Um, and, you know, like I sold you on 100, Steve sold me on the 200, um, and it just seemed like a great adventure, quite honestly. And uh, the other catalyst was my father passed away. I signed up for the Tahoe 200 the day after he passed away. Um, you know, whether or not 
I was looking for an excuse to sign up, it was a pretty good one. So um, it was pretty cathartic. Um, you know, I bring, I brought his ashes with me on that journey, spread him, you know, spread some ashes at one of the highest peaks, and he came along with me for the triple crown as well. Um, so you know, having done Tahoe, okay, what else can you do? And, and I saw some folks were doing the triple crown. It came to my um, forefront of my conscious. The triple crown is the Bigfoot 200 in the Cascade Range. Around Mount, starts around Mount St. Helens, that runs in August, and then they do Tahoe in September, and then Moab 240 in October. Um, so I said, all right. I started training for, I was in one or two, and then um, you know, I talked to my wife. If your training's up there, you might as well hit all three if you can. Might as well. <laughs> it's just like with the marathons, It was. It, I found it was tough to train and then sit on the couch and lose all the training and then train back up it's it's kind of easier to stay at a level than it is to go up and down so um i took advantage of it and, and you know had a long conversations conversations with my wife and um you know we decided to go for it mm -hmm. <laughs> amazing fearful so much so much fear wrapped into it yeah yeah logistics fear all sorts of things Okay, logistics. Yep. So let's talk about how in the world do you even plan <laughs> to run three 200 mile plus races? And what goes into that? Like we can start to talk about, you know, travel, lodging. Um, I know people are probably very interested in that. And then also like crew and pace. How does, how does that all come together, crew and pace? So I'll back up just one step. Um, I read a book by Jesse Hitzler called, um, what was the, what's the Navy SEAL book? You Can't Hurt Me. No, not You Can't Hurt Me. Living with the Seals? Living with the Seals. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's how David Goggins came into, into mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody's uh, vernacular. And um, one of the themes in the book was Jesse saw guy, he didn't, we didn't know it was David Goggins at the time, running around a track. Um, it was, I don't know, it was a 200 meet, it was a 200 mile race around a track that Jesse was doing with his team of guys, and then there was this one guy that was doing it all by himself that just kept going. And he wanted to be like that guy, so he cold called him and explained, hey, you know, I saw you, would love to train like you, can you help me? So it kind of put the idea in my head. Um, you know, if I wanted to do the Triple Crown, how do I train for the Triple Crown? So I basically did the same. I, I sent an email and reached out to uh, a guy named Mike McKnight, who, you know, he's the goat, oh, of, Mike. Of, he's the goat of, yeah. of the Triple Crown. He's, he's got all sorts of records. Um, I asked him if he was taking on people for coaching, and, and sure enough, he did, and it was, it's, it's been a fantastic journey, because I can sit here now and say I got it done, right? Yeah. Um, and that was... Um, with his help, so mm -hmm. um, that's that helped me as far as the training goes. Um, and he was great too because he just, like a good coach, he, he he it was unique to me and my needs. And you know, when I had injuries and this, that, and the other thing, he worked around it and gave me what I needed at the times that I needed it. Um, that that to me was a, a sign of a great coach. And um, so 
that piece is set, so now it's the logistics right. part of it. And, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, you would ask me, you're like, did you have your meeting with your crew, or did you do this, or did you do that? And a lot of times I'm like, no, not yet. <laughs> um, so I can't say that I'm at the head of the pack as far as planning goes, but, um, you know, there's a required list that comes with the manuals, you know, all the gear that you need, and, uh, and uh, you know, it just kind of lays stuff out. I didn't know how three were going to go. I've, I've only done one, so I knew how to do one. Um, three was interesting. But in the reality is you kind of come back, you just kind of leave your suitcase there, and then you dust it off yeah. before you go again. <laughs> you know, fill up your, fill up the scratch, fill up uh, the nutrition, then you, then you go again. Um, pacing and, and the folks that supported me was another, um, it wasn't a challenge. There's a lot of people that are out there that want to help, uh, which is, which is why I love the community, you know. Um, you know, you can attest to Bigfoot. Uh, with, with my um, crew chief, Dougie, Dougie yeah. Wilson, who unfortunately couldn't join us tonight. Um, Justin Dew, another great friend who we've run a lot with um, over the years. And yourself, you know, I was the, the crew for Bigfoot. Um, you guys were stretched. You know, you guys did a phenomenal. We stressed? You guys did a, not stressed, stretched. Stretched, okay. It's, Bigfoot's pretty remote. It's, yeah. You guys drove like 1,200 miles over the course of that. Um, and I only ran 200, you know, so. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Tahoe got canceled because of the wildfires. So then, you know, it was the, it was the Hail Mary in Colorado, um, which, uh, you know, Jimmy Leitner came out and, and Dan Jablon dug again and, uh, and, and Evan, who's sitting over here right now looking at. And then um, Moab was Evan, dug again, and Nick uh, and Hannah Mathers, friends of mine from um, a while back, they used to work with Nick, and they live in Texas, and he called me up and saw that I was doing it and said, you know, sign me up, I want to help out. So Dougie's with you for all three? Dougie was with me for all three, yeah. Dougie? He's Dougie's the, a man. He's the voice of truth. <laughs> he's a <everything>. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm forever grateful for the help that I got. Um, you know, some folks are, some folks love running these solo. Some folks choose to run them solo to challenge themselves even further. Um, I love the, the community aspect. I love having folks along for the journey and, um, and the company, quite honestly. Yeah. A lot of moments, you know, out, sitting out there, um, I don't really want to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. the moment we turned the lights off at Bigfoot. Do you remember that? That was very dark. Darkness <laughs> I have never felt before. Um, you you, you kind of lost your sense of uh, being, yeah. almost. It was so dark. Yep. You know? All senses were cut off. Yeah. It was wild. Uh -huh. So that's that's how I got the pacers. You know? um, I would do it all exactly the same way. Yeah. Less whining and complaining, probably. Yeah, well, we might have to bring over some testimonials for those, for those moments. <laughs> and you have your own as well. <laughs> you weren't as bad as you think you were. Really? <laughs> no. I mean, there were some moments, but come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, in all honesty, you know, I, I, Bigfoot was incredibly difficult. Um, you know, there was a fair amount of crying going on during that race. Um, Colorado was probably even more crying. Um, Moab, I thought, was great. Yeah. No crying, right? You, you 
<laughs> you're good. You're good. That was good, right? You're very good. I ran with a real sense of gratitude in Moab, but I think it was also because I knew it was the last one, yeah. and not because I was happy to be done, but I knew I would get there. Yeah. Or at least I hoped that I had a, I had the best shot at getting there because it was the last one. It was the last yeah. one. Yeah. All right, so let's try to walk through each of the races. So we'll start with the first one, Bigfoot. And if you could share, they will start briefly like a description of Bigfoot. What is it? Where was it? Kind of the terrain. Um, and then if you want to talk about like the first couple stories that come to your mind or like the, the moments that really stick with you about Bigfoot 200. Sure. Um, so Bigfoot, uh, we fly into Portland and we fly, um, it's point to point. It starts closer to Portland and ends closer basically to Seattle, a town called Randall. Um, and it goes around Mount St. Helens and it happened to be a heat wave when we were out there. I think it was 106 degrees uh, the first day. And um, Mount St. Helens is just all, you're running through blast zone. So yeah. there's, it's just destruction still. You know, it's yeah. 40 years later and um, it's all pretty barren. And it was, it was pretty brutal that first day. I mean, there was a lot of carnage. A lot of folks got knocked out because of the heat. Um, and you're literally going over lava fields, you know, these big boulders, you're hopping from boulder to boulder and, and, um, and walking through, you know, blast zone. It was tough, really tough. And then, and this is where I, I think I picked you up that first evening. Mm -hmm. um, Chain of Lakes, was that kind of, was that where I picked you up? Yeah. I think it was. Uh -huh. And uh, <coughs> it was all overgrown. Like, so there's been no trail work because of COVID. And, and, you know, I went back and I read the race description too, so they kind of lay it out there. Sort of. You, you kinda in like a really things. sweet way where you're like, oh, it's not that bad. You know, right? it's deep, dark, dank, Pacific Northwest running. <laughs> but what it really is, it's, um, it was so overgrown and the trails were pretty ruddy, you know? So you're kind of forced, um, at least for me, I, I developed some severe blisters on the outside of my feet um, because you're never running flat in a trench running and you can't see your feet because everything's overgrown and then there were there were more than a thousand down trees because um, of two years of storms and no trail work going on so yeah. you're you're climbing over you're climbing under and um, the other thing is that they don't believe in switchbacks out there you know? <laughs> so every every climb was straight up mm. basically and you can attest this it is there. true it is true um, so, you know, I thought Bigfoot was, was pretty difficult. Um, you know, and the I water found, crossings. And there were five water crossings. Yeah. yeah. Some of them knee deep, hip deep. Mm -hmm. um, so you're running in wet shoes and socks and stuff like that. Um, that said, you know, when we finished, and you were right with me on, on the track, I said, never again. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Mm. Uh, uh. <laughs> can't say net I'll go with pace I want I'm looking forward to giving back and volunteering and pacing um, I'm not gonna completely rule it out don't worry Nicole, Nicole just I'm gonna say Nicole, 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 <laughs> Nicole's wife. there's nothing immediate um, but uh, 
you know, we have a habit of forgetting the intense pain and, and just basking in the... Ultra brain. Basking in the in the fact that what an incredible journey. And, and, and again, I couldn't have gotten there by myself, you know, like, you know, with the Pacers and you guys crewing me and then, you know, there are trail angels out there left yeah. and right. Um, Sky Bryan take my feet up first and then... You know, we know Nicole, right. you know, came out of the darkness and yeah. fixed my feet up. Um, that, without that, I don't finish, you mm-hmm. know. Um, especially, you know, the way my feet were chewed up at that race, Yeah. But some of the things that I remember about that, I remember, you know, I still listen to the playlists, you know. Yeah. You guys were like, stop playing the same music, <laughs> but it just brings me back to that. It was, it was pretty cool, like sunrise that we experienced. Mm, that was amazing. Unbelievable. Um, you know, the fog settling, you know, Mount St. Helens peeking through the fog, pretty incredible. You know, the water crossing, the nap by the, what was it, Lewis? Yeah, the, Lewis the water, River. Lewis yeah. River and the waterfalls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's spectacular. Um, that's, those are the things that I remember. Mm-hmm. And then even coming around that track, yeah, when those little kids were running across the field to bring the bell. Yeah. When we came in on the track. That's that's what you remember. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the hallucinations or the. I certainly remember some of the crying, um, <laughs> but you remember you remember the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. So that was Bigfoot. Tahoe gets canceled. Yep. I got one shot at doing the Triple Crown. At least that's my viewpoint. Um, you got to give the timeline too, when it was canceled, because it wasn't like we knew in June, you know. No. So so. Um, we finished Bigfoot. I think we found out on the track as soon as we finished that there was a uh, there was a fire that started in Tahoe, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of hope that they would contain it quickly, which didn't happen. The fire, you know, the conditions out west were, were just horrendous. The fire ended up burning. I don't know, 225, 230, 250,000 acres. Just an insane amount of damage, which just breaks my heart. Um, folks that are out there and, and that land it's I got there's a special pull to Tahoe but um, they canceled the race 10 days out I think which just really you know I felt bad for everybody that's running that race um, the community you know everybody involved but I also you know, we put a lot of work into these races you know you experienced it yourself mm-hmm. um, so we wanted to, you know, there was an option for a virtual, and I hate using the word virtual because it kind of makes me feel like I'm playing a video game or I'm on a treadmill or something, but um, they gave us parameters. Uh, uh, Destination Trail gave us some parameters um, that would fulfill the second leg of the Triple Crown, and that was you had to get 33,800 feet of elevation uh, 200 miles, obviously, and you had to do it in 110 hours, which was 10 hours more than they usually give, but um, since it's self-sufficient, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, they gave you a little bit of extra time, which we which we needed, too. It's not, there's something to be said about running a race with, you know, 200 other folks mm-hmm. and their crews and all the staff and the, and, yeah. the, and the aid stations and all those people that are involved. It's another to be out, um, in the woods by yourself trying to get it done um, but my crew 
was excited about it. We weighed the idea of doing the Wachundo 200, <laughs> which, you know, sounded horrendous. Terrible. <laughs> you know, the Reservation is the local 10-mile uh, loop here, and I love Wachung. Don't get me wrong. We I love Wachung. That's my... Uh, we love it. We love it. Love it. Um, or running in South Mountain, or even going out to Mountain Creek and just oh, doing That was probably there. the worst idea. <laughs> Nobody ever said I had good ideas. Um, but I wanted to do something that would excite the crew, keep them interested as well. So, and I don't know who drove it, probably Evan, Dan, and, uh, and Jimmy. Doug was going wherever we went, um, but we ended up going to Colorado. And we started in Leadville. Um, and uh, we did 200 there. Now, that race took a little bit of a turn because we were going to do the collegiate loop. And, and again, there were other people that helped us along the way, like Kevin Goldberg is, is a friend uh, who I volunteered with at Moab and Chris site. Um, Chris was doing the collegiate loop from the, from the bottom. We were starting at the top of Leadville. A lot of intel they gave us. Bumped into um, adorable Annie. Uh, yeah. Actually, won Moab. Yes, she um, did. We bumped into her at Leadville, and she just, you know, so humble and, and giving of, of information and intel on the loop. Um, just really helped put us uh, in a position for success. Now the elevation or the altitude killed me. Um, we trained at about 100 feet above sea level here, so. Uh, Leadville's at 10,100 feet or so, and, and, and those mountains get up to 12 and a half, 13,000 feet, and I was, I was, talk about whining, right, Ev? <laughs> Ev got the first night with me, and it took us forever, and I didn't realize, quite honestly, that there's a level of, of uh, you know, my, my, my um, uninformed self helps being naive, naivete, <laughs> jumping into these things really helps because um, I didn't realize, you know, the altitude sucks your strength. You know, you're you're you got 50% of your blood at 10,000 feet. Yeah, 50%. Your blood carries 50% of the oxygen at 10,000 feet than it does here at sea level. So I was kind of at a disadvantage with that because um, there was no acclimation. We flew out there and we just started running. Um, I was tired. I had no power catch my breath, all these things. Um, and it was the second, after a first brutal night with Evan, uh, the second morning I had Jimmy, and it was a, it was a five mile climb the first hill. Um, uh, I was with Jimmy the next day, and it was another climb up to 13,000, and you know, I was, it was my dad's birthday, also September 11th. Um, I was a hot mess. Um, I had no idea how I was gonna get it done. I had, I was, having a complete mental breakdown. You know, I was crying, I was spreading ashes, I, I just was a mess. And then it dawned on me that it was our race. And these things might seem obvious to other people, but I'm like, well, you know what? We're the ones that are cre have created this race. Mm. We can change it. All we have to do is get 200 miles, we have to do it in a certain time, and we have to get a certain amount of climb. So uh, I ran 100 miles down the loop, um, and when we were supposed to come up on the western side, which is harder than the eastern side, um, and more spaced out, so less crew access, we decided to run a 25-mile a, a section on the east side, 
uh, back and forth that would keep me at about 10,000, 10,500 feet, which I can handle. Um, mm-hmm. And it worked out, and it was great. And it was such a relief, and I ran happier the second half, um, which was just a miracle. Because, yeah. I mean, I was literally, and it's a credit to all the pacers, too. They're like, come on, just a little more. Like, they all know how to tweak me. And by the third race, too, like they were playing me by, a, by a, like a fiddle. <laughs> they knew exactly what to do. Um, you know, but uh, it's all a learning experience, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fantastic. And then Moab was icing on a cake, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we got all four seasons in one race. Um, it started with uh, a solid 12 hours of pouring rain, and then it kind of cleared up, and then the rain came back in the middle of the night, and you're like, you got it, you can it, and then it got beautiful out and warm, and then the snow came, <laughs> and then the hail came, and it was awesome, you know, it was all, it was fantastic, um, and again, like, Nicole and Jenny, two, two trail angels were out there fixing feet and getting people across the line, it was just, it's spectacular, and there's mm-hmm. like, there's all those stories, my stories, benign compared to like some of these other folks that are out there so um, again like I've never been involved with something where everybody wants everybody to succeed like the best you can you know Um, it's remarkable and that's why I I love the community and why you know I firmly believe if I can do this anybody can do it quite honestly Um, a mile is a mile you know, somebody's 5K is another person's 200. It's all the same. I, I haven't lost sight of that first mile I ran. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't run around a basketball. Yeah. You know? um, so it's great. It's I love the fact that we all support each other. And that's why you know you do such a phenomenal job with with this organization because it's so encouraging, right? We encourage each other. I mean, you should just sign up for the triple instead of just doing top. Oh, yeah. There it is. Yeah. It only yeah. took 33 yeah. minutes. 33 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so you have it on tape. <laughs> you would come crew, right? All three? Come on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know I would. You know I would. We interrupt this broadcast to take a break. (laughs) Oh, man. Incredible. Um, Yeah, I think you brought up a good point that, you know, there aren't a lot of other, uh, you know, places in life where you can find that deep sense of community, you know, where we find it here in trail running and ultra running. Um, So I know we had a couple of questions from the peanut gallery and I want to make sure I hit because I can't remember if it was Robin or Grace put it in the chat that was a really good question family had a family and friends support family and friends non-runner friends non-runner friends so the, the question is how did you feel support from uh, family and friends kind of like outside of the running community especially like, wifey <laughs> <laughs> um, she's been phenomenal with because it's not just the races, right? It's all the training that leads up to it and, and the days that we take away at Mountain Creek and, and wherever we go to, to do our training. So um, absolutely phenomenal. And the kids, I mean, one of the things with these races too, and I'm going to go off on a little side tangent here, but, um, you know, friends and family wrote cards and letters. Um, and I would re- put them in my 
my drop bags and I would read them at every aid station. Um, and it would really help keep me motivated. It would help me break out random tears. Um, so there's that aspect of it. So everybody's really supportive in that way. Um, now I, I was talking to my buddy Keith the other day, I think it was yesterday, and he, it was remarkable because he's following along on the tracker and he just doesn't know, he knows my story, but he's clicking into everybody else that's on that race and he's, he's pulling and rooting for everybody and then, you know, between him telling me his perception of how it was going and, and you know, and then, you know, he's like, yeah, and somebody finished with two seconds and somebody finished with ten seconds and then I was able to give him yeah. Just the other side of the story that I know um, that was relayed to me, you know, from folks um, out on the course that actually were intimately involved with helping mm -hmm. those people across the line. So, you know, the support is remarkable all around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, listen, social media and Facebook and all that sort of stuff, you, you, you put something out there, every comment and every bit of support helps. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't live and breathe by it, but, but people are rooting for you. So, you know, and I also, um, you know, non-running friends was the question. I I, uh, I put my legs to good use for Vermont Adaptive, which mm -hmm. is uh, a phenomenal organization I've been involved with since I ran my second um, Vermont 100. And I was happy to, to, you know, put a link out there and, and, and look for donations to help support the cause. Um, and that's remarkable. I mean, we've been able to raise... Since we started, over one hundred and ten thousand yeah. dollars. So that's, that's phenomenal. Um, uh -huh. I always said, like my first race was for me, and, and then um, you know the subsequent races are for, for a cause. Mm -hmm. You know, something bigger than that client. Cause it's, yeah, little potato. <laughs> All right. Well, during the commercial break. Evan is here. Evan was a member of the crew pace team for uh, the Colorado Hail Mary and Moab 240. Colorado Hail Mary. Colorado Hail Mary. It sure was. I mean, that's, I think that's a good title for it. So, um, Evan, what was, um, did Matt ask you to join the team or did you ask him? How did that, how did that go? Right, probably when I heard about it, I was in there and said, you know, I want to be, so probably of course it's a little bit. Uh, but knowing that, you know, I think anybody that knows that would have jumped the chance to be able to do those things. So that's extremely interesting. And have you done any Korean pacing before? I have. I, um, I got to say, for other ultra runners who, when Matt's talking about this, he wants to go more, it's a completely different perspective. It's like running a lot of races, the other side, helping somebody achieve their goals yeah. and watch them with their struggle from start to beginning. It's completely different time. So I know Matt's, he's volunteered before in other races. Um, so for other ultra runners who have not volunteered for days or crew, I would highly, highly recommend it. Are you hearing this right here? This is it. If you want to get involved with the volunteer dream team with Sasquatch Trail Running, just shoot me an email. We'll hook you up. Um, talk about your experience and pacing for both of those. I know they're both very different, but um, what was that like? And what uh, what juicy dirt can you give us on the experience? Be honest. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. 
I mean, I do better in this too. Yeah, yeah. I have to make sure we give uh, a great shout out to Doug Wilson, yeah. who was, can't be here tonight, but Dougie uh, is such a selfless guy, and to mess Fred, he's a fantastic guy, but like it would not have been possible without Doug. Yeah. So uh, I've been a new friend, fantastic guy. Uh, and the same goes for Dan and Nick and Hannah and Jimmy as well. But from a crewing and PC perspective, like I said, it's you're especially Colorado. That, that's tough. That's tough. As you experience from Bigfoot, you're constantly going constantly. You're worried. It's weird because you're you're mentally sharp. You're not fatigued from the lazy. But that worry of where is he? How is he doing? Yeah. You have to be here. You make sure you got calories and you take it on yourself very emotionally. If you see him struggle, yeah. you see him fail. We'll still buy it. Yeah. Yeah. He's a quiet guy. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Eric, <laughs> scoot up and I'll hold the mic up. I don't know. I, I would do this in a heartbeat again, um, but it's a it's definitely a unique experience, and uh, it was just fantastic to be a part of it. Mm. Fantastic. Do you have any questions for Evan here? Where where was I whining the most? <laughs> Give me one of those, because it's not all rainbows and bubble gum and unicorns, right? It's not. I'm the only human. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's not. Yes, it is. I just sold it bad. No, I think that first, the first night was probably a little bit of a shock to me because I, I, as long as I know you, never, you're a very positive guy. You never, you don't get really down on yourself very much. And that first night, which was in Colorado, uh, that stretch where it was dark and it was high and uh, it was cold, I, I wasn't worried about you, but the fact that like, some of the words that came out of your mouth, you're like, I just don't, <laughs> I don't want to do this again. I don't want to do this anymore. I, I don't know what to do. You know, there was like, there was trepidation in your voice. And that was new. That was something different for me uh, to see. So I, it wasn't necessarily a worry. It was just a, okay, how do we navigate this with you? And it was still relatively early in the race. So that was probably it. That's a good point because I always say these races are, um, it's all about problem solving. Because you know, you ask about prep and and planning. You can, you know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? Isn't that what Mike Tyson says? And that couldn't be more appropriate for this because all the planning in the world, something's gonna go wrong. Yeah. You know, and you know, when I saw the weather forecast from Moab, you're like, we live, we trained in this. Yes. You know, all those miserable days on and and they weren't really miserable we had a lot of following up mm -hmm. you got to train in the rain you got to train in the snow you got to train in any conditions because you don't know what you're going to get so when it does come you're like yeah i got this yeah. i've done this yeah we were talking about before we started the last time the three of us ran together was last winter we went out remember well, to, to stone town circular that, trail <laughs> but hey it came to help you at i don't know about that. i could have done without mountain <laughs> creek thank you <laughs> In the rain, we missed that one. <laughs> but that is a good point. I mean, like, if you're a fair weather runner, that really doesn't help you when you're out there and Mother Nature kind of unleashes. Pretty much, yeah. So. That's the thing. You can't plan that. So. Yeah. Yes, yes, go. We, I mean, this is probably good for other people to hear, but when you, after the day after, I think something that probably a lot of people want to know and I wanted to know was for you personally was the why. So when it is 
you're at mile 130 and it's raining or sleeting and you're in a warm, comfy car and you don't want to get out. Or if your feet have these blizzards that are size of watermelons or whatever, you're going through all these types of emotions for you or for other people. What's, what's that why? You got a little bit of time to think about it now. What kind of keeps you going? Because I got people like to hear. <laughs> I mean, the why is obviously personal to everybody, right? Um, I am. I'm always fighting my own um, body dysmorphia and. You know, I'm that I'm that chubby little kid with braces and glasses that I'm trying to, you know, run into the dirt. Quite honestly, and that's kind of how I view myself. You, you heard me say earlier, that, you know, I've, even doing these three two hundreds, I don't really much consider myself a runner. You know, mm. that, yeah, Gilbert will say I'm an ultra jogger, right? And say something silly about the chair. But, you already um, did. Huh? Yeah, he did. did I'm he sure he did. So, I'm sure he did. You know, I'm going to put a red flag on his page. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, those are the things that I'm kind of battling. Um, and these, you know, I like to say my memories kind of, you know, last about 24 hours and then I reset and, and have to remind myself all over again. And that's why I keep training and keep running and keep challenging myself and want to keep challenging. And, and, you know, to further these are uh, such incredible journeys um, such unbelievable adventures you know and to experience it with friends and families is remarkable you know that share again going back to that shared experience um, I love that that's a high you know that's I'm chasing that high you know to get there I'm also you know I don't want to I mean the Triple Crown came about also and I and, just reminded me a bit of a midlife crisis you know um, I'm not getting any younger you know I brought up to my wife and we have this and that we're planning for you know there's always something so shoot it shoot the moon just take take the shot and, and go for it um, you know you're not guaranteed tomorrow quite honestly you know um, I could get hit by a car stepping off the curb and then what happens to you know all those dreams that I had? They're not going to come with mm -hmm. any, any, any. They're not coming close to fruition. Right. So there's no better time than now. You know, and I urge everybody if they're thinking about what 2022 is going to look like, you know, what you're going to do, just sign up. Get you. What's the worst that can happen? You know, you don't finish. Mm. I got plenty of those. <laughs> That's why you should just sign up for the triple. Okay. <laughs> Seven forty-seven. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. And I, I wanted to ask Evan one more question. Um, how did the experience of Korean pacing, not one but two 200-plus mile races, how did that change you as a person and a runner? Has it changed any of your goals that you that you have personally as a runner? Um, that's a good question. So two things. I guess I, I probably felt a little bit of a low as well with my own kind of racing. And so you want that spark with something different, something new. So one, it made me, I guess, see from a different perspective the mental, like sheer mental power and willpower and this human spirit. Mm -hmm. And I know that, okay, you know what? If Matt can do it and all these other people can do it, there's probably something a little bit left in me. And that, that, that's not necessarily running. That could be as a husband, as a 
father, as a friend, as a, as a, as a co-worker, whatever it may be. Um, so I'm, I'm actually grateful for that. Yeah. Um, and two, just like, again, the pacing and the crewing and the volunteering, it's something that I enjoy. I really mm -hmm. do enjoy it. And that's not the, not the first, it won't be the last. Um, and it's something I really, truly enjoy now. So I think it's something I'll definitely do more. Are you wanting to do a 200? Oh, hesitancy. I don't. Oh, that's it. Ah. They didn't say no immediately. immediately. <laughs> we were talking about this before too, and I was asking them after. It's a different than like a hundred or a fifty, where you have to run faster. Mm -hmm. This is more about running at your pace, a slower pace, but again, just longer. You just have to run longer and wrap your head around that. Matt said it is an adventure. Yeah. So you're out there for a long time, slower. So it's a different type of a challenge, like a hundred or a fifty or, or a marathon, something like that. So. I don't think I've wrapped my head around something like that quite yet, but um, anybody who's done ultra, you just, you just never say no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the best pieces of training for this really was, um, and Mike had me doing like sleep deprivation training, you know, run at 11 o'clock, run 18 miles at 11 o'clock at night, and then get up at 3 and then run some more. Um, you know, I know, you pick your spots for that, but. Um, they do that David Goggins challenge. You remember that four mm. miles every four hours? Oh. Four by four by 48. Yeah. yeah. That's tough. Yeah. And that's, I, yeah. I think that's close to what these 200s are like mm. also. Um, not selling it short, but just the fact like getting up and going when you don't want to go. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's what it boils down to. Mm. I mean, there was a point where I, I it was a tough climb in Moab, um, a couple thousand feet. The wind was howling 40, 50 miles an hour, where they actually put a box truck at the top oh, of this yeah. hill so that runners could hop in and protect themselves from the wind mm. if they needed a break. And the wind was pulling your poles right out of your hands. And uh, I finally got to the car, and I was going to take uh, a little bit of a nap, and I wasn't asleep long. Doug came in the car. and, and you know, I, I know his tone, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he actually had a kind tone at this point. Um, and he's like, "Listen, you're not gonna like this, but you gotta go." I was just down at the aid station talking to him. The, the storm's coming in, and it, you know, I looked out the window and it was snowing. He had his headlamp on with the red light. You know, the snow started coming down. So, um, you know, we saddled up and got out there. And I did not want to do that at that point. Mm. Um, I had had enough, but we were close to the end at that point. We were in yeah. the barn, as you said. Hey, was Hayes in the in barn. The barn. <laughs> well, I've got two more questions for you, and then if you if you guys, I, I, I'm sure there's questions in the chat. If you could organize, and then you can chat them out, and we'll ask Matt. Okay. That All means right. you're gonna have to do something, Robin. <laughs> 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 yeah, they've Gosh. done well with the bottle of wine. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding! I'm kidding! Sasquatch here, Sasquatch. Sasquatch family. Um, okay, my two questions uh, before we hit the audience questions a little bit deeper. Um, can you identify like the hardest moment out of the whole Triple Crown? Like, is there one moment that comes to your mind where, like, this was the hardest moment, uh, and then talk about like how you worked through that, how you how you overcame? I think the hardest moment actually came with Jimmy in Colorado in the at the Colorado Hail Mary because I had just gotten beaten up all night with Evan, um, and I was climbing up this hill and it was you know just was unending. So I had, you know, more than half of that to go still. 
um, and a majority of the Colorado Hail Mary in front of me. And um, I just, I didn't see how it was going to happen. And I started crying. And, um, you know, I had my father's ashes in my hand. And, and I had surprised Jimmy because he didn't know what I was doing. And I was just so down that I pulled my dad out of my pocket, um, you know. And, uh, I, you know, I just, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't know how to keep going. And he gave me, I surprised him. I saw the look on his face and he was like, and he was good. He, 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 he gave me some space and then he's like, hey man, we're just going to keep moving. And if anybody knows Jimmy, he's got that attitude. He's like, just come on, follow me. And I followed him up and thankfully he we were close he had about a thousand feet more to to bag a 14er as as i've come to know and um he's like do you mind if i go go get it and i was like you know you go i wanted to be i needed some alone time too yeah. to go downhill and um he did that and i went and and you know that's where the plan started formulating in my head to alter the course a little bit to mm -hmm. make it a little more manageable um but that was definitely the lowest moment but I will say, you know, Colorado was tough because, you know, I really, I really was hallucinating. I was seeing my father everywhere, you know, and, and I was best friends with my dad. So, you know, lose him. He was only 70 when he passed, and not even 70, he was 68. Um, you know, uh, you know, talking to him, seeing him on, on stumps, clapping for me, urging me on. Like, I saw him everywhere urging me on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, every kid wants to make their dad proud, you know? So I kept asking you, you know, you know I'm losing it right now. <laughs> so is Robin, don't worry. I'm losing it right now, you know? Every boy wants to make his daddy minutes. proud, you know? So mm -hmm. 54 minutes. He was also my biggest fan, you know, like he would drive me into the New York Marathon, me and my friends. You know, I ran it that first year by myself and then every year I tried to encourage, I, I always wanted to bring a rookie along mm -hmm. to see the race from his, from the rookie's eyes. And, you know, it was great. He was always there driving me in and he was always meeting me in Brooklyn with my wife and, and, and other family members. So, um, you know, we lost our, our patriarch, you know, uh, so, you know, the running is closely tied to that and, mm -hmm. and him and part of me um, likes getting to this point because mm -hmm. these 200 strip you bare, uh, you know, your emotions are riding right on the surface and I, and I like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel closer to him when I'm out there stretched real thin like that. So mm -hmm. it's almost like I'm, I'm running to him in a way. Um, that makes any sense. Yeah, 100%. I think Thanks it's a, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> no, <it's not> <laughs> but it's a beautiful thing that you know, running. It's it's always more than just running, you know. Always. And to be able to, you know, you shared that so much with your dad while he was here, and then to be able to continue to share that is a really special thing. Yeah, I think so. Um, the other question I have for you is. A big question that I, it'll be hard to answer maybe but like Evan said you've had some time to think about it how has the triple crown changed Matt Klein uh, he 
is still a, you know, it's still just me, I think. Um, I agree. I know that's a cop-out answer, but... Uh, Skinnier. <laughs> you know, I just try to stay humble, you know? Uh, it's the, the, the old adage that, you know, pain is temporary, pride is forever is never more appropriate. You know, it's something that I can rely on and, and lean back into. Um, when things get rough, you know, you can kind of think back to the journey and all the training and everything, all the highs and lows. And you know, if you could get through that, you could get through most things, you know. Um, I think it's given me a new appreciation for, not a new, but a re renewed, you know, everybody's got a story, everybody's got a journey, everybody's got something to give back and contribute. Um, it's remarkable, you know, like to see how um, everybody pulls for each other, you know, and the stories beyond mine, mine's, mine's a vanilla story. Really, it's pedestrian. Um, I think you're downplaying it a little bit, Matt. Yeah, there's the story of you know, there's folks that there's folks that uh, you know, one guy finished 10 seconds before the final, and we were talking about this before this this webcast. Somebody finished 10 seconds before the deadline. Right. Another finished two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Another woman uh, went through cancer last year and treatment, and uh, came back and ran the triple this year. You know, those are like, those are awe-inspiring um, moments. You know, the people that helped them get across yeah. the line, like, like Jenny and Nicole. Yeah. You know, that that's that's the that's the that's the money. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't make theirs more special or less special because they finished two seconds before or whatever. It just makes a difference. That's right. That's Everybody right. just has a different story. That's Fair enough. Well, and I think to Wait, quote here. you, disappeared. What's wrong? All right, never mind. You okay. right? We're right? Disappeared for a second. We're good. She just I'm, left I'm going to quote you what you said <laughs> earlier on how somebody's 5K is another person's 200. I mean, that, I think the the principle of that applies to what we're saying here. Um, all right, can we hit some questions from the? You want to go off the thing here? Yeah. yeah. Is there any, or if you guys have some? There's a few. All right. Ryan Klein. Oh. Let me answer that one. Okay. <laughs> Don't even ask All right, what do you say? With something always on your calendar, what's next for the legends? Another race or possibility to coach and crew and give back? I'm definitely going to give back. I mean, we're even talking about... So So during Moab, um, you know, the, my crew volunteered at an aid station. Um, and I actually last year volunteered for five days out there. It was incredible. You volunteered at Bigfoot. Unbelievable. Um, I think they had a good time at the aid station. Um, Bridger Jack, is that the name of it? Yep. Um, I would love to man an aid station front to back and, and have a team and, you know, just be that that spot that people come in and remember, like, man, I was banged I was banged up before I came in there and they <laughs> passed me up and sent me out. And, yeah. Like, I want to I wanna be part of that team that gets people across the line like that. From a supportive standpoint, I'm going to run Vermont this year, probably in July. Vermont 100. Vermont 100. Uh, get back up there. It's been two years, and my last time up there was landed me in the hospital. So I got something to 
little unfinished business. I don't want to kick that race in the teeth a little bit. <laughs> I'll be there. Awesome. Grace, good to be there. So that's that's what's on the calendar, right? Um, oh gosh. Uh, the question person left. I will try to fill in. Becca, okay, hurry up. Question. Coming back. Question. Well, Brian had another. No, okay, he had another. You. All right, go. He said. You've motivated me to get my health back in order, so thank you. Which is your toughest task to maintain, motivation or discipline? If you didn't hear the question, he said, what is your toughest task to maintain, motivation or discipline? It's a great question. Um, <clears throat> toughest task, motivation or discipline? I think they're both, I think they're pretty closely intertwined, you know, it's, I, I tend to jump and then figure out how I'm going to land midair. Um, so I'm, you know, it's a good thing I don't drink and jump on ultra sign up because, you know, isn't that the equivalent of like jumping and figuring out the landing? Um, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm, Ryan, you, you know, I, I'm glad, uh, you know, you look fantastic and you've been doing a lot of good work. That's motivating. I, I look around, I get motivation from folks all around me. So, you know, it's collective, it's contagious. Right? You see folks, you know, going out to these soft squad races and, mm. and hitting their personal best and doing things that they never thought possible. That's motivation mm. right there. Um, you know, discipline wanes. You know, it comes and goes. Um, but if you DNF a race or, or you know, you, I think fear is a great motivator as far as discipline goes, at least in my, you know, I didn't want to die. Right? So I, I needed to train, right? I wanted to, you could sign up for race and not train, and then you know it's going to suck and it's going to hurt, and you might get it done, you might not. You don't need to go through all that. So um, put the training in now. That way, you know, the, the, the reward is the actual race, right? Mm -hmm. You know, getting to the line is, is, is the reward. How it turns out is anybody's guess. Right? Again, it's all problem solving these races, right? Mm -hmm. Any race. Something's going to go wrong. How do I fix it and get to the end? Awesome. Good question from Ryan. I have a question. We got a question from the back here. Peanut gallery. Funniest memory. Funniest. She wants to know the funniest memory from the Triple Crown. You want to go first? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can I say one? Yeah, yeah All right. Please. Bigfoot 200, we're coming out of the last aid station and we weren't able to park the crew car close enough Come <laughs> close enough to the aid station it was pouring rain you had just gone literally through hell and back uh, on that last i think back-to-back -back legs terrible and you were trying to get your feet worked on it kind of worked kind of didn't and then you had these slides on sandals <laughs> walking back with your poles just like this <laughs> and shouting, Kimmy! <laughs> and we came up with the trail name Hobo Runner. It was yeah, a Hobo Runner. Yeah. I think that was my favorite, funniest memory. From it was crewing. so yeah. wet. That it was so wet. That any tape job that uh, you know I had done um, was just a shamble. And I knew the guy in that aid station was just not up to the task, but I kind of let him do what he was going to do anyway. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and then you guys had parked so far away. It's terrible. Sorry. <laughs> it was raining so hard. You're terrible. like, I don't want to walk there. We're like, you have to go that way anyway. <laughs> then we yeah. had 13 road miles ahead of us. 13 road miles oh, to finish. And remember that couple that was kind of catching up? They were like racing us at the end? A little. Like, Come on, man. Yeah. Why are you racing us at the end like that? So let, let me go that way. Go ahead. So it's funny that you say that. Uh, so we're at Moab, Matt's taking a trail nap. This isn't the funniest moment, just came to mind because you said that. <laughs> He's taking a trail nap off to the side, and some guys kind of like run by. We had seen him before, but he comes right. Matt kind of spurs up and says, Bobby! <laughs> was it Bobby? I thought it was, was Bobby. It, Bobby? <laughs> it wasn't Bobby. <laughs> but I didn't know that either. I was like, oh man, knows this guy. Matt knows everybody out here. And then we finally catch up to him a little bit later on. And he's like, Matt just says, hey, sorry, you know, I, I, you look like a guy Bobby I know. <laughs> you know, that was Michael and Alex, who I, uh, I'm i friends with now. Right. Who ran, I ran some more miles with them later on. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hysterical. I thought that was Bobby, which tails into my funniest moment, which was. Um, yeah, give a shout out to Bob. Shout out to Bob. Bob. Congratulations, Bob. Um, I it was 160 um, at Moab, and I was coming in. I was excited to get my feet taped, and I came into the med tent, and there's Bob. Bob. And I'm like, Bobby! <laughs> and Dougie's there. Everybody's going, Bobby! And he's just sitting there like a, a clam, you know, happy as a clam. And Nicole and Jenny were in that tent, and they. Uh, and they're like, you know Bob? And we're like, who doesn't know Bob? And everybody was just, we were 160 miles into it. We were done with Shea Mountain. We were, we were headed into LaSalle's. Everybody was just punching. Yeah. And it was so funny. And there was a little fire in there. And it was, everybody was nice and warm. <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty funny moment, mm. for sure. Amazing. And when there's a lot of them. I mean, a funny moment to me, which I laugh at still, is coming in Bigfoot. I forgot the section, but... Um, remember the car? The car was parked on an angle, so I was trying to sleep in the back in the sleeping bag, and I kept like <laughs> sliding into a wall. It was just uncomfortable. But Doug was Doug was wrapped up in his sleeping bag on the ground. Yes. I just wanted to kick him in the head. On the way out. I was so angry and the car so was mad that I had to go back out and keep running. We oh, were sleeping oh, on the road. I know you were sleeping on the road. I still wanted to kick him in the head. I just, I just, I was so mad that I had to go back out and keep running. Uh, I chuckled at that. That was funny. And then we had to deal with the, you know, the SUV. We tried to keep it running for you, but it kept turning off. So we had to keep hitting the remote start. Yeah, yeah you weren't a happy camper. No, it was, that a, bad moment. Moment. <laughs> it was a bad moment. There were a couple bad moments at Bigfoot. Oh. Like coming in the click, we came out of the section, click attack. And so the section started off, it was a 20 mile section. Doug's got. beginning of it, 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 it depends on when you run through there, but it was sunset, and the mosquitoes were so bad, I had to run with a mosquito net on. Oh, that yeah. was the thing about Bigfoot, too. There's always this hum of of insects out there. <laughs> oh, so that's if great. If you're trying to sleep, forget about it, because it's like... No. And I had to run with a mosquito net on, and then all these trees that were down, and then the rain and the fog came in, the temperature <laughs> dropped to like 40 degrees. It was rough. It was rough. So I came down, and it's a two and a half mile out and back, which out and backs are tough, I think. 
because you know you got to come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's called out and back. And, uh, you're just coming down, 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 down. You get into the aid station, and I, and I, I had made up in my mind like I was done. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't think I was coming out of there. And then you guys did the old. Um, you weren't there, but you guys did the old. Hey, a storm's coming. You gotta get out of here. <laughs> like that seemed to be the excuse for all the all the raises. And I'm so delirious. I'm like, okay. <laughs> hey, there's a storm coming. You gotta get out of here. It worked, right? Okay? It worked every time. Uh, a question that popped up from Dina. Okay. Uh, she wanted to know what your favorite trail food was. What is your favorite trail food from Dina Griffin? Um. So. You know, it's it's that's a great question because we went shopping in front of Colorado's race, and, and you know you bring a lot of supplies out. It's a lot of real food on these races. You know, I think the the um, I use scratch, so the scratch from a from a, uh, a water perspective is great. Um, I must have ate 22 breakfast burritos. Yeah, how many burritos did you have? Yeah, 22. <laughs> Dougie was, you know, was that a burrito in your pocket? Are you glad to see it? Um, uh, so it was breakfast burritos at uh, at Bigfoot, um, Colorado. A lot of burritos too. A lot of burritos there. You guys fed me five pounds of bacon on that. I think there was a lot of bacon. Wow. And uh, a creamy chicken and wild rice soup, which was kind of what the spot. Uh -huh. And at Moab, I don't know if I had a favorite at Moab. Yeah, it's pretty much whatever I had in my pack. I, the what, are they the Bobo? Bobo bars. Bobo bars were pretty good. Um, scratch chews, and then whatever real food they had in the um, in the aid stations. I really, you, you got to really utilize the food that they have because it's just too much. Each leg's like 20 miles. It's just too much to carry. All that stuff. But real food is the key. Avocado, uh, a lot of avocado when I can get it. Um, Nick Mathers would like you to bring two pair of tights. <laughs> Nick Mathers. <laughs> Good guy. I got pacer bibs coming, fellas. Nick Mathers. No other questions? With the rocks. Yes, he said fudge these rocks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Nick and Hannah. Thank you so much um, again. Integral part of the crew wouldn't have happened without you. Fantastic. I felt bad for Hannah. She ran two sections with me in, in, in I think it was called Dry Gulch. It was at night. It was fire roads. It literally, all you could see was beyond, it was just what's in your headlamp. You can't see anything else. And it was just flat as a pancake. So oh, was it really? She ran 26.2 with me. And I was really hallucinating that, at that point, too, because... It looked kind of like Island Beach State Park or, you know, Long Beach Island. I figured there was, like, ocean here, and I saw lights in the distance. I thought they were ships. <laughs> I had to take a little trail nap. She, she stood over me and, and guarded me. Uh, fantastic. Good stuff. I've got another funny story to share. Bring it. Because uh, you reminded me of the hallucinations. So when we were at Bigfoot, we were – it was the, the pacing leg with all the water crossings. Yeah, yeah. Which was like the next morning. And he said, okay, Kim, we're going to play the hallucination game. All right? Are you ready for the rules? And I, I was like, okay. What are the rules? And he's like, okay. So look over there. You see that tree? I said, I see the tree. <laughs> You're like, now do you see the face? 
the face right there. It's big. It's got the big eyes and the nose and the mouth. I said, yeah, Matt, I see the... Did I, you see it or were you just joking? No, I didn't see it. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I was just hallucination. I was like, come on, we got to get to the tree. Ah, oh. lied to me. Casey <laughs> And I was like, yeah, oh, I man. see it. He said, okay, now wait. We're going to get closer and watch what happens, Kim. I said, okay, show me what happens. <laughs> 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 Oh. And you're like, it's gone, Kim. It's gone. The face isn't there anymore. I, said, I know. And you're like, Kimmy. Kimmy. So every a lot of the hallucinations are um, like those artwork. Have you seen the artwork where you look at it and it's like Van Gogh, oh. and then you turn to the side and it's just a bunch of junk that's kind of lined up? Like that's what I see everywhere out there. It's crazy. Except at Moab, I saw. Um, legitimately saw Nick was with me and I wish Nick was here because he I think he would attest to my eyeballs were going in different directions and spinning. <laughs> I saw a guy with a shopping cart you know doing some grocery shopping right in the middle of the, in the, middle of the trail and it was a different hallucination because usually I would see like the trees or you know uh, a lot of the rock um, formations look like hieroglyphics and a language that I'm just, you know, one hit of acid away from trying to figure out. <laughs> and um, on Shea Mountain, it was, it, it was bizarre. It's just, it was so cold. It just, it just penetrated my mind and soul. <laughs> and I was seeing all these things. He's like, come on, let's go. And he kind of was urging me down. And thankfully, the temperature warmed up a few degrees and we got a little lower um, altitude. And I, I kind of, I, I literally felt myself coming back which is bizarre. Uh, you know? yeah. And you, you guys both heard me. There were times when I would talk and, and I would do one of these, like, who's talking? Like, <laughs> it, was, it was out of body. Oh it's my just, gosh. It's completely weird. And by the way, you asked the why. You like that? I kind of <laughs> like it. I kind of like it. can't wait to do it. You like that experience? Oh, yeah. There was another, I know I'm telling a lot of stories, but just to give you guys a picture, the, that aid station that you were referencing before, we, we came in, we said, you know, there's a storm coming. But you had stayed there for a little bit beforehand. And I remember you, you were so wet and so cold, we, like, wrapped you up in all these blankets and put the hat on you. And then, uh, like, my feet are so cold. So I had scooted next, and then you, like, put your feet up, and your feet were, like, Oh. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> but they were like two inches from the flame and you kept like you would you would like go that back like this and then you'd come up and be like Kimmy <laughs> <laughs> Or like you would go Dougie <laughs> And I'm like what we gotta keep his feet from not catching on fire <laughs> and tell him to like Matt just shut your eyes You gotta sleep <laughs> try to go to sleep yeah, but then it was, the storm's coming. The storm's coming. Like, the storm's coming. I, I think Dougie saw, like, okay, he's not sleeping. And uh, I remember Dougie, Dougie had on, like, shorts, right? He was wearing shorts. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's like, Maddie, we got to go. We got to go to the store. He's, he's superhuman, that guy. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's very good at not letting me waste time. So if yeah. he sees I'm messing around and I'm not feet up or I'm wasting time in some capacity, he nips it in the butt. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's, that's a strength, let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah.
Ah, I wish Dougie was here. I'll just sit out there and babble and burn my feet in the fire. <laughs> so many, there's so many stories like that. There are a lot of stories like that, yeah. Guess you want more questions? You can ask Yeah, as do as it. Want. Do it, Evan. So, fast forward, sorry, rewind back to maybe the map five years ago, ten years ago. Um, what would you tell yourself? And you can't say nothing because... Like, you know, I like where I am, and I want to go and learn lessons. Like, what's something you would have You mean yourself? everything happens for a reason? Exactly. You can't cop out. Tell yourself, like, the ten, year, 10 years ago, what would you tell yourself now? I'd actually tell myself to kind of get involved with these sorts of races a little sooner. You know, I, I, um, I had a habit of running the same races over and over again, and that's fine. And some people like that, and that's the comfort, but I oh, love um, the travel, the planning, the logistics the enormity of it um one of the things that moab really pointed out to me was how small and insignificant i really am in the scheme of things it's just so magnificent and um, timeless uh, i'd like to experience more about that it's you know i, I want to we collect experiences right that's what it's all about um, and you know meeting people getting involved and volunteering you know volunteering is phenomenal um, I had such a good time at Moab last year and I met so many good people whether you know we all got nicknames you know we were, we were called the reefer boys a couple of us because we it was 90 degrees last year and uh, we kind of stayed in the refrigerated truck a little bit uh, too long you know um, yeah but you know, meeting people like uh, Jenny and Nicole and Mike McKnight and Kevin Goldberg and Jen. I could go down a list of all the folks. Chris, all these great folks. Um, Mike, no, Bobby. Bobby! Bobby! <laughs> Mike and Alex, you know, Jack and Jill. I was running with Jack and Jill. I said, oh, they're, Jack you know. Jack and Jill, for real? They were Jack and Jill. I love this them. this guy, Drew, I met at Moab. You know, he texted me before this, and he's like, you know, I'm thinking about the triple in 2023. You want to you wanna get involved? Uh, mm. I'm through. I want to get back, you know? Um, and also not go through the pain of running a 200. Watch somebody else go through it. <laughs> Kimmy! <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's phenomenal. Just get involved. Uh, you know, I, I, I would tell the guy 10 years ago not to be so afraid. Mm. Yeah. Took me so long to drop in on the trails. Like, what do you got to lose? Yeah. You know, I think that's one of the things about getting older too. It's, it's, I'm running out of time, and I know I'm not like on death's door, right? But it's, uh, I just feel a sense of urgency to go out and do, and and not be so afraid. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a takeaway. Yeah. Get it. Go get it. Yeah. Get it. That was a great question. Um. I'm going to give you the opportunity. Do you want to talk about uh, maybe Crystal? Give a little shout out to her Crystal? out there. Yeah. And Destination Trail? Yeah. yeah. Is she coming? What are, what? Crystal's know. phenomenal. We give her a little uh, little poke to come out to uh, Jersey. Crystal is phenomenal. And she, um, you know, she, you know, there's a lot of folks that are involved with Destination Trail. Which, you know, my experience is, is having volunteered and, and, and worked under her and, watch the amount of work that goes into these races it's unbelievable and, and it's not limited to her there's a lot of folks that are involved to get it done but I just you know to cross the finish line and get a hug from her and and and, and um, 
you know, from a volunteer perspective and then from a runner perspective, it's just remarkable. So she's, you know, there's people that make an impact on you. Um, and it's not like you have to talk to them every day or, or, or interact with them every day. There's moments in time that mm -hmm. just stick with you. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what these races do too. You know, you're, it's kind of funny. You know, I started a race and I ran, you know, you run the first 72 by yourself, which brings you through to the next day. So you got to, tell you to kind of hook up with somebody, you know, to get through the night, and I, and I was running with this guy, Josh, and, and this woman, Amy, and um, after the first day, the race is so big and expansive that you don't really see them, you know, mm -hmm. until I saw, like, Amy on the last day, and I was so happy and, and glad to see her, you know, Josh, unfor unfortunately, DNF, it looked like around 200, but, like, lives intersect, yeah. You know, it's it all weaves together until the end. You know, and it's it's pretty cool experience. Mm -hmm. And it's also surreal because you're like, we're still doing what we were doing four days ago. <laughs> like, how is that possible? You know, and then no sleep is just it's one continuous loop. It's it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. It really is remarkable. Yeah. Sounds like college. What's that? Sounds like college. <laughs> Sounds like college. <laughs> True. So oh, what I'll would guess. you what would you say? You know, we always have. Uh, new trail runners come to Sasquad trail sure. running events. We, we love having new runners or people who are trying trail running for the first time. What would your advice be to them? Because I'm sure, you know, we all were new runners at one point, and we're, we're hearing a guy talk about running 200 miles. I mean, that sounds crazy. What would you say to uh, somebody who's starting trail running for the first time? Like, what, what advice would you give them? Um... I would say ask questions, you know, talk to people, get involved, um, and be fearless. You know, I know that sounds cavalier because I was not fearless. You know, now I'm I'm a little more just from the experience, and that's what doing these races, the why, like it, it gives me a bit of confidence to do something else, you know, try something else, but. Um, we're all here to help, you know, it's, it's, you know, I did a couple of triathlons, a couple of Ironman, and, and it's a different type of community. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't want to say supportive, because then I'm knocking it, but, uh. Inclusive? Inclusive. We're yeah. family. Yeah. Family. It's like everybody, these races, everybody wants everybody, any race, mm -hmm. not, not the 200s, any race, any Sasquatch race, every, we want everybody to succeed, you know? Um, Everybody says good job. That's yeah, you know, good job. And they mean it. I know. Yeah. They mean it. It's crazy. It's so different. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it's a risk on, a, on these big runs to give people water. But, I, you know, Bigfoot, I, I, I gave some water yeah. to somebody. Uh, Moab, somebody else was out of water, helped them out. Like, we want everybody to succeed, you know. And I'm not, it's, I don't say that to pat myself on the back. I, I, somebody would do that for me. Right. Like, that's. Well, you've experienced it. Yeah, right? at, at, and you pay it forward. At the risk of your own race, you know, you're helping somebody out. Um, so, you know, anybody new, uh, that's my recommendation. You know, just just go out there, ask questions, come early, stay late. You know, volunteer a little bit, make friends. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not. Um, it's not. Uh, there's no secret sauce there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just gotta do it. Let's do it. That's it. You just gotta sign up for that triple. Okay. <laughs> How many triple crowns? Eight twenty-four. I don't know, actually. Okay. You know, um, I think 60 the number. Something, weren't there? 
What's that? Triple Crown people? Yeah. Weren't there 60 something? To start with, I don't think that's what finished. Oh, it finished. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. It was awesome. Do we have a. That's probably about it for our questions, yeah. right? I can't thank you enough for, you know, bringing me on. Matt, this was so great. I know we. I tried to get you on beforehand, and you, you resisted a little bit in between the races. But this is so. I mean, so special to have this, this recap, and that's what you know. I love about the podcast is now. You know, this is something that you can have. You can look back on your family as well. Um, and we got everybody You're involved. Ninety years old. I'm gonna yeah. insert the Kimmy video. <laughs> There's so many moments from these races that you remember. You know? Yeah. Like it's it's remarkable. Mm -hmm. You know, climbing up that that mountain and seeing that sunrise. That oh, was incredible. Mount Margaret, yeah. Then trying to take it. You know, then you know you, you promised me that we were a mile away from the from the end. And All we right. Were like six miles. All right. I just wanted to knock you out. <laughs> I was hoping that wouldn't come up. That's like. I'll never. Forgive myself for We're that moment. We're making Tahoe notes, FYI. <laughs> yeah. I got a couple don't, gems here. Don't go by your watch mileage. You know what? It's all, you, you know, and for Moab, like, you know, there's trails, there's, there's maps and all sorts of data and information. You got to take it all with a grain of salt. Yeah. It's not exact, you know? Because I was getting bent during Bigfoot. I'm like, where is that aid station? <laughs> Why are they sending us up to this peak? I don't need to see another I hate summit. out and back. <laughs> no point. What is the point? This race is long as it is. Do they have to put this climb up here? How steep this is, KB. It's so steep. <laughs> over and over and over. And over. Right? So funny. It was Yes. Absolutely spectacular. Now I know why people re-sign up. You know, they back up. Well, it sounds like you're doing Bigfoot 2022. No, I didn't. 2023. I'd like to go out there, crew, um, help out. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It, you know, big year next year with the kids. Yeah. You know, wife, gotta make sure everything's copacetic and cool. Big thing next weekend too. Come on now. What did I? What did I write to you today? You're like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Did I say 2023? Oh, here we go. <laughs> I wasn't talking about myself. <laughs> Proud of you, man. Good stuff. Thank Proud you. Of you. We're going to have around you guys. Awesome. Because you guys were integral parts. Thank you, Matt. Thank well, thank you. you. Um, this was f fantastic. Thank you to everybody tuning in. Uh, we had Instagram for a little bit, but if you stuck with us for, is it still going? Yeah, it is. Oh, it's still going. Oh, you're over here, Instagram. Yeah. Um, Facebook, thank you for watching. If you miss this, you catch it on the replay. It'll be on our Facebook page, hopefully. If not, um, well, I hope it's on the Facebook page because that's how we're going to load on the podcast. <laughs> so, um, it'll be fine. But, um, yeah, that's it. So thank you for tuning in. Again, you can find out more about us. Go to sasquatchtrailrunning.com, and our events are all up there. You can check out the trail parties. Um, and that's it. All right. So thank you, guys. Yeah, right. Cool.